Good day. This is Brother Greg with the Growing Place Church podcast. And today I am joined by our pastor, Jeremy McLeese, as we will be beginning a series on the Psalms over the summertime. The Psalms of summer, if you will. And today we are starting out with Psalm 46. And I will turn it over to our pastor so he can read through the psalm and then we'll discuss it back and forth. Psalm chapter 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, Though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be, shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. So as we read through this, what are some overarching themes that you see in this psalm? I first see in, in the first few verses, naturally, is the, the power of God, the almighty power of God, and the reassurance to the reader from the psalmist that there's nothing we should fear, that right in the midst of our trouble, that he will be there to help us. And then it moves into almost the providence of God, where he's there for us when we need him, and no matter what happens around us, that that we see this, this presence of an almighty God, the all-powerful God that's there to help us in our time of need. So the seasons that roar around us and all the circumstances that surround us, he's there in the midst. Yes, I mean, in verse 1, it tells us that he's a very present help in trouble. You know, and I love how it shows God as being our refuge and our strength. And you know, this... Reminded me of something that I've read before in history back in medieval times um, when um, a monastery was built. It was usually built on a hillside and was used for two purposes. One was as a place to calmly meditate on God and to study his word and as a place of fortress during times of war. And I see here in verse 1 he, God is called our refuge and our strength, and our refuge is where we can find that calmness. Uh, 
Yes. And our strength is where we find that fortress. Amen. And we see here in verses two or three that God is the stabilizing uh, person no matter what's going on around us, even if all the world is in chaos, which is something that we kind of see today, but even now today, not to the extent that the psalmist is talking about in verses two or three. Um, you know, when, you, when you read verses two and three, what other part of the Bible does this kind of remind you of? It, it reminds me of, of multiple stories. Um, one specifically, uh, Peter and his experience with Jesus. In the midst of the storm, Jesus comes to the disciples that are present on the ship and he, he ur urges Peter to approach him. And Peter steps out of the boat and begins walking on this tumultuous, raging sea. And Peter was fine. He was walking on water just as Jesus was in that moment. But as soon as he took his eyes off of his present help, he began to sink. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the storm was all around Peter. You know, just like we see here, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled. Obviously, the waters around Peter were... Correct. They were roaring and they were troubling, uh, which is the reason that he started looking at the storm. Yes. And, you know, it is true, I think, that we are prone to doing much like what Peter has done. Um, but I thank God that he is also willing to do what he did with Peter. Yes. And pick him up out of those waves and, you know, bring him to salvation again. Absolutely. Um, now, for me, I also see kind of a reference in these two verses back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 1. You know, in the second verse, it talks about how darkness was over the face of the waters. Um, you know, and but the Spirit of God was present there as well. Yes. And we see in the very next verse that God said, let there be light, and there was light. So before that verse, all you have are the waves of the sea and darkness. And I don't know about you or any of our listeners, but I know for me, if I think of chaos, I think of restlessness. Yes. And I think of darkness. Yes. So the world was in chaos before the Lord spoke and brought order to the chaos. Yes. And another point I think um, that could be made is the fact that the enemies tricks and tools have never changed uh he will he will try and mislead us and and deter us in the midst of that chaos but what we understand from your reference is that god in the midst of that chaos can create great things absolutely if we listen to his voice you see when he spoke the earth in its in its unformliness in that moment had no option but to come together and when he began to speak those things into existence all that was that could hear his voice in that moment had no option but to obey right. so in that chaos he was also the great creator absolutely absolutely i mean 
And for me, that is a comfort knowing that he is so powerful. I mean, we, we call it omnipotent. Yes. But I mean, he is so powerful that, I mean, let's face it, if the collapse of all creation cannot rattle God, yes, <laughs> then how can we ever think that anything that happens in our lives could rattle God? That's right. They might, they might rattle us, mm -hmm. but they're not rattling God. Yes. I mean, God continued on even when Lucifer dragged a third of the angels with him. Yes, he did. I mean, there was a little bit of chaos in heaven for a moment, but God put a stop to that. He brought order back there. And so if he is able to establish order where there is absolutely no order, yes, then we need to be willing to trust him that he's going to bring order out of the chaos of this world as well. That's right. So going on, though, in verse 4, we see that in contrast to the chaos of verses 2 and 3, we see here that there is a river. Mm -hmm. The streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. Now, when we think of a river... Yeah, sometimes rivers flood and can become a little chaotic themselves. But generally speaking, when we think of a river, we kind of think of serenity. Mm -hmm. You know, it just keeps flowing. It just keeps flowing. And unless something from outside interrupts it, it's just going to keep flowing and yes. keep flowing. Now, for me, here's the good part, is that the river that flows from the throne of God, which we see in the book of Revelation, that's... Mm -hmm where it ultimately comes from. Yes. Nothing can interrupt that river. That's right. Nothing. Because it flows from the very throne of God. So we have a stabilizing presence there. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is, you know, he, he does not change. That's right. You know, we, we call it being immutable, which means without change. Uh, it doesn't mean God doesn't act. It just means that his character is always the same. Yes. You know, whereas the character of us in this world and, and even of nature itself can change from yes. one day to the next, God is still the same. And so when we see that there is a river that comes from his city, that comes from his throne, and we see that that river brings life yes. to everything it touches, we can have trust that God is true to his word. Amen. And I was just about to, to interject there because if we look at the history of mankind, we can see their habits of life and we can see where rivers are sustaining of that life that they live. Um, if you look at the population patterns of mankind, they always surround bodies of water or flowing water because that's what sustains life. So, and they knew that when, when the, the pen was put to paper back in Psalm 46, that this river that flowed was life sustaining. 
It provided them a life that they would otherwise not enjoy. So it has a, a multitude of meanings here. And of course, we understand that from being students of his word, but it's so very prominent and profound here in this portion of scripture where it says this is life-sustaining. Yes, yes. Uh, praise God. I mean, he is he is the the author of life. Yes. You know, and he is the author of new life. Amen. And he is the sustainer of life, and he is the sustainer of the new life. Yes. Um, you know, in, in verse 5 here, God's in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. You know, now I'm sure the psalmist probably had earthly Jerusalem in mind here. Yes. Of course, we know that sometime after this psalm was written, the Babylonians came and shook some things in Jerusalem, uh, tearing down the temple and, and, and everything. But we see in the New Testament, particularly in the book of Hebrews in the 11th chapter dealing with faith, that all of those Old Testament saints and those godly men back then, they had their sights set on a city whose builder and maker is God. Yes. And that city cannot be moved because God is in the midst of her. And when the new when his kingdom comes and the new creation is realized, we see that there is a new Jerusalem that descends out of heaven from God yes. to the earth. So God is moving his presence from heaven down to earth. A new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem, all established and kept by the will and the power and the goodness of God. Amen. And it doesn't matter what else is going on around us. It doesn't matter if hurricane winds come. It doesn't matter if blizzards, you know, drape the scenery in white. It doesn't matter if there are volcanic eruptions. It, it, it doesn't matter I won't say it doesn't matter. I mean, there's obviously it's going to hurt people. Yes. But in the end, God is in control of all of this. And when he returns and he answers the groans of all creation, because mm -hmm. that's groaning for the yes. day of redemption, then these things will be in the past. That's right. And it will all be centered around the throne. That's right. I came across something in, in studying for this, and uh, the great uh, the great preacher and the father of the Reformation, um, Martin Luther. Um, it was said that at times of trouble, when he heard troubling news, when he heard that that things were going awry, if you will, um, he would often say to the individual delivering said news, "Let us sing Psalm 46." Amen. And when we think of that, yes. <clears throat> and we, we, we read through this, and we, we begin to wrap our head around the reassurance that it provides us, that the very foundation of all creation is mindful of you and me. And the same tools and tricks that the enemy used in the Old Testament and the New Testament, he still uses today. 
And we can look from the historical aspect of the Bible, which leads and guides us and, and is a light to our feet um, and, and moves us and molds us and shapes us into what God wants us to be. We can, we can review all this, take it to heart, and understand even in our own lives that all the trouble that's come to us, God has delivered us from it. All the chaos that has surrounded us, God has established us and he has set us forth on a proper path to fulfill the purpose that he has for our lives. Amen. Jesus Christ himself said, I am living water. And if you, if you take of me, you'll thirst no more. So when we look at the evidence and the, the re reference to the living, the water, the river that flows and doesn't cease, and we think about all the destruction that the Psalm 46 says will come to the earth, we can still trust and believe that no matter what happens here, that God is still sovereign. There, he's unchangeable. He's immutable, as you stated. There's nothing that's going to affect him. So as long as we remain in the palm of his hand and we do as Martin Luther did and we say, let us sing Psalm 46 whenever the trouble comes, we can rest and have a confidence knowing that God is for us. Amen. I praise God. You know, as you were talking, I was reminded of a scripture that I just read a few days ago, uh, John chapter 4, mm -hmm. Jesus with the woman at the well. Yes. And it was to her that he said, Yes. You know, take of this water and you'll never thirst again. Now, it took her a little while to understand what he was talking about there. Yes. But to be fair, it takes us some time. It takes us some time too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And as you were mentioning Martin Luther, I, I'm, I'm reminded that Martin Luther actually wrote a hymn mm -hmm. that was based on Psalm 46. Mm -hmm. And it was called, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Yeah. You know, taken right from the first verse. Yes. Um, so, yes, Martin Luther. And, you know, we... We know that we have troubles at times nowadays. We know that we can be pressured by people. Martin Luther was told by the church authorities at that time mm -hmm. to stop teaching, you know, the Reformation. Yes. Or else he was going to be burned at the stake. Yes. But yet Martin Luther said, a mighty fortress is our God. Yes. Yeah. He'll never fail. Yes. And... Whether we live or die, God is in control. You know, as, as Paul would say, for me to live is Christ. Amen. And to die is to gain. Yes. Um, so, you know, this world is passing away. We know that. You know, um, you know the scriptures talk, talks much about the coming restoration yes. of creation. You know, how the entire world will be consumed in fire, um, purging it. Yes. That curse of sin will be wiped out. And what will remain will be the new creation. And we will be able to inhabit that new creation. Yes. Because we have placed our trust in Christ he is our refuge he is our strength and so whatever the world may be able to do to us they can't do anything that God doesn't allow them to that's right 
And when we go through troubles, it is generally to either bring us to repentance or to teach us godliness. That's right. Those are the two reasons that we go through these trials yes. as believers, to either bring us back to repentance or to mature our godliness. Yes. Um, some might even say to work a work of patience yes. in us. Yes. <laughs> um, and I know that's a word we don't like to use, but it's something that we all need. That's right. And oftentimes, as you mentioned, we, we find ourselves in situations where we're asking God to deliver us from the trials and temptations and troubles that we're enduring at, at that said time. But we must also understand in his sovereignty, sometimes we are put in that refiner's fire to do exactly as you mentioned, to kind of grow us up to prepare us for what lies ahead, to, to, uh, to deepen our faith and give us a resolve, just like those New Testament disciples had that propelled them to giving themselves for the gospel, for the sake of the gospel. They understood what power lied within this book that we read from today. Um, and we know it to be a living word and we know it to be just as relevant today as it was back then. And that's why each and every time we face troubles, we should be looking to God's word um, because you find these gems such as we find in Psalm 46 um, that reminds us and reassures us each and every situation that we face, God is there. God is ready, willing, and able to be our present help in the time of our trouble. Absolutely. Yes. Very present help. Yes. In our trouble. He's a continuous help. Amen. In our trouble. And I don't think God often prevents his people from going through trouble. He didn't prevent Daniel from going into the lion's den. No. He didn't prevent Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from going into that furnace. Correct. He didn't prevent Joseph from going into slavery. That's right. But God's will was worked through those trials, through those tribulations. Amen. So when we say, God, I don't want to go through this. No, we don't want to go through yes. this. But if we're going through it, it's because we need to. That's right. And oftentimes um, those, those issues and those troubles and trials that we deal with, are used as a testimony and a witness to the unbelievers that are present around us to show forth the goodness of the God that we do serve. And the sooner we can wrap our heads around that, I think the better off we will be. It reminds me of Paul and Silas cast into prison at the midnight hour and they began singing praises. Yes. And one might say, how in the world could anybody do that? You know, they're, they're in dire straits, uh, probably looking at, at some sort of flogging or lashings, maybe even death. You know, we don't, we don't really know what was uh, the future of that imprisonment. But we do know what happened. Amen. Because they began to sing praises. Yes. And we know very well that God inhabits the praise of his people. We're told that in his word. 
I've personally experienced it, and I know you have also. Any true believer has experienced the fact that once we begin to praise, once we begin to focus our attention and our, our, our vision towards the hill from whence cometh our help, that God delivers us from everything. It may not be immediately, but he gives us the strength and the perseverance to walk through whatever trial we're in at that moment. But in this reference to Paul and Silas, the, it says the prison began to shake and their chains and shackles were broke free from. They were broke free from those in that moment. And they were in that moment not running out the door because God had set them free. They knew that they had a work to do even then. And they began to witness to the jailer and the jailer became a Christian through that process. So we must be mindful of that also, that when we go through these things, they can serve as a witness to all those around us because we can speak of the goodness of God. But until people see it with their own eyes, you know, some people need billboards. Right. You know, and God doesn't speak that way all the time, but some people need billboards and, and a real life example of the goodness of God that they can say, I saw that. You know, I know they were diagnosed with, with stage four cancer and they didn't receive any medical treatment, but now they're healed. Yeah. You know, he's a very present yes. help in Absolutely. the time of trouble, no matter what it is. Absolutely. Yes. And it, it doesn't matter whether it's nature coming against us or humanity. Correct. Uh, as we see in verse six, the heathen raged. Yes. The kingdoms were moved. Yep. Humanity will rage against God. That's right. Yeah, you know, we see that in other parts of the Bible. We see it in the second Psalm. Why do the why do the heathen rage? And you know, people imagine a vain thing. Yes. You know, they will align themselves against God. Yep. And God will sit on His throne and laugh at them. Yes. As we see in Psalm 2. And as we see in Revelation 19, when Jesus Christ returns, the armies of the world, led by the Antichrist, will be coming together to oppose the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it will be to their dismay. Yes. Because... As we're told in that chapter, it's not like Jesus is going to be lobbing bombs at them to defeat them. All it's going to take is a word. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of the war. Yes. So humanity in its prideful arrogance thinks that they will be able to overcome the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we see in the Bible that they will think that, mm-hmm. you know, that they will actually believe. It's not just that they're going through the motions. They're going to actually believe that they can overcome God. Much like Lucifer did. Yes. You know, at his fall. And it won't end any better for humanity than it did for Lucifer. Yes. They'll end up together. So the heathen can rage. The kingdoms will be moved says he utters his voice and the earth melts. Yes. And we see that again in the New Testament, you know, that there will be a day when this creation will be rolled up like a scroll. Yes. You know, that there will be a purging fire. You see that over in 2 Peter 3. 
So he will speak and the earth will melt. But oh, verse 7, the Lord of hosts is with us. Mm -hmm. The God of Jacob is our refuge. He is our he is our peace and he is our fortress. Yes. And he cannot be moved. So, you know, the psalmist here writes Selah, which it was a director to uh, a direction to the director of music to mm -hmm. claim the symbols. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> put your punctuation point on yeah. this. Yeah. So the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Cue the symbols. Yes. It's a, it's a profound statement. And if we move into verse eight, it says, come behold the works of the Lord and what desolations he has made in the earth. And we say, well, that sounds pretty, pretty dark. You know, he's, he's done these desolations, but the potter or the clay can't say to the potter what he needs to do. Um, and to bring about that new heaven and that new earth, this one we know has to be destroyed. Um, at that point, naturally, it's going to be too late for those who haven't given themselves to him and accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. But it goes on to say, you know, in the here and now, he he ceases, or he makes wars to cease unto the end of the earth, and he breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. It's saying all these yes. mankind or all these man-made instruments yes. of war yes. that it doesn't matter, you know, right. against an almighty God, um, all-powerful God. It doesn't matter what we might try and do. Yeah. And then he goes into that, and I, I, I love the culmination of this psalm mm -hmm. where it says, Be still and know that I am God. Yes. There's no reason to question no need to wonder. He's just saying, be still and, and relax, if you will. Take refuge in my protection, in my power, in my providence. Mm -hmm. Know that in all things, I'll be the one who will take care of you. It's an amazing concept. And it's one that really moves beyond our own comprehension. And it, it looks crazy to those outside the faith. But to stand in, in all the chaos that we've been talking about and all the, all the trouble that we see all around us and say, I can be at peace. It doesn't make sense to those who don't know my Heavenly Father. But that's exactly where I find myself in the day and age we live. Am I troubled by things? Yes. Is my spirit grieved by some of the things I see take place? Absolutely. We should have compassion for one another and we should have compassion for those who are lost and dying in this world. But that should spur us evermore to be about our Father's business and do the work that he's called us to do and not be concerned. See, that's I think that's the tool the enemy uses with us is to try and get us to focus on all that's going on around us instead of the one who controls everything. Because if we're looking at the one who controls everything, we're not concerned about all the trouble and tra trauma that surrounds us we're just focused on the one who's going to make us triumphant and deliver us yes. from all this. And we must be witnesses in this world. Yes. Be still and know that I am God. We don't need to run around confused in this chaos. We just need to establish ourselves in the one who is everlasting, that doesn't change, that is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and be still and realize that he is God.
Oh, yes. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, it's, it's, it's a wonderful, uh, the last part of this song is just, it is so beautiful. And yes, God does make wars to cease. And when God brings the desolation on the earth that mm -hmm. he's going to bring, it's going to cause war to cease. Yes. Um, yeah, he will do away with all the weapons of war. And but, but until then, we are told, be still. Yes. And know that I am God. Yes. And as I've read this verse in other translations, in, in some, it says, calm down. Yes. <laughs> calm down. So we, we tend to worry about the things of this life. God says, relax, I've got this. We tend to feel stressed by what's reported in the news. God says, don't worry, I'm in control. This is the same God who, when he sent his son into the world to bring salvation, Jesus told his followers, don't worry about your needs. Yes. Because your heavenly father, he provides food for the sparrows. He clothes the lilies. Yes. Are you not much more important to him than sparrows or lilies? And sometimes I don't think we think we are. And I think that's why we get uh, caught up in the chaos of yes. the moment. Because we sometimes think that we're not more important to him than the nature that he sustains. Yes. Well, we are a part of that creation. That's right. And as believers, we are part of the new creation. Yes. And if he loves his, let's say, old creation, is he not going to love his new creation even more? That's right. So we need to just calm down. <laughs> yes. We need to relax and understand that life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. That's right. As Jesus told his disciples. Yes. And when we know that, then we will know that he is God. And the last part of that verse 10 there, I will be exalted among the heathen. Yes. I will be exalted in the earth. The two things that were talked about before in this psalm that were in chaos was nature and humanity. Yes. God says, I will be exalted among the heathen, humanity. Yes. And I will be exalted in the earth, nature. That's right. God is going to be exalted. You know, we're, we're told in Philippians 2 that... At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Yes. And every tongue will confess, He is Lord. It's not a matter of if you're going to confess Him as Lord. That's right. The only question is when. That's right. And Jesus, speaking to the, the people in the city at the time, said, I, I tell you, if these people stop, the rocks will cry out. Yes. He will be praised. Yes. And you're exactly right. It's a matter of when. Right. We can do it in this life. Yes. And have the reassurance and the comfort and the ability to be still. Mm -hmm. Or we can wait 
until Judgment Day. Yes. Recognize who he is. Yes. Be outside of his covenant and be cast into a, right. a fiery... Right. Yeah, a lake of fire. Yes. Yes. You know, so will we confess him in joy or will we confess him in despair? Yes. Will we confess him in loving goodness or will we confess him gritting our teeth? Yes. Jesus would say gnashing our teeth. Yes. Um, that's where the choice lies. Amen. You know, we're not going to have a choice whether we're going to acknowledge him as Lord. Yeah. It's only a matter of when we're going to do it. Absolutely. And I choose to do it now. Yes. And I choose to do it in the goodness and, and in the loving mercies that he has shown me. And I, I choose to do it being filled up with the joy yes. that he has brought. And, you know, am I sometimes, does chaos still sometimes bother me? Yes, it does. And in those times, I need to calm down. That's right. <laughs> I need to relax and know that he is still God. Yeah. Nothing can change that. Amen. And a father to his son or daughter, you know, who the father has the experience. They've walked that portion of life. They, they know what that trouble feels like. Oftentimes we hear that reassurance from our parents, don't we? Hey, just calm down. Yes. Calm down. Things yes. will be all right. Yeah. Calm down. I have a plan. Calm down. I have your best interest mm -hmm. at heart. And the reference that we're speaking of about we're, we're going to acknowledge him either here or the day of judgment. Right. Why would you choose not to do it here? Emmanuel, you know, God with us. Uh, absolutely. And yes. here in verse number 11, and the Lord of hosts is with us. Yes. Do, do it now. It behooves you to do it now. The blessings and the benefits. But more than that, the fact that in all the chaos that surrounds us, all the trouble that lies ahead, we can be still and know that he is God. Yes. He is with us. Yes. Emmanuel. Amen. God with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Yes. He is our fortress. He is our sure place. You know, you hear a lot nowadays about, you know, go to your happy place. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, God is our happy place. Yes. Amen. You know, where God is... That is our happy place. That is our place of peace. That is our place of contentment. Yes. That is our place of, of assurity. That's right. Um, he, nothing is going to change him. And we can rest assured in his promises that he is with us until the very end of the world. Yes. And one more verse that uh, in the New Testament that I was reminded of just now is that in, in John 16, at the end of that chapter, when Jesus said to his disciples, in this world, yes. you will have tribulation, yep. trouble, trials. But be of good cheer. Because I have overcome the world. Yes. Amen. Be still. 
Know that he is God. Yes. And society today is so hyper-focused, it seems, on self-care. Mm-hmm. And the concept, while it's a great one, that we need to take time to kind of recenter ourselves, we must understand that there is nothing within us on this human side, the flesh side, that can provide the solace or comfort or peace that we're desiring in that moment yes. of self-care. Yes. The only way we have any fulfillment and the only way we will find true peace is to be still and know that he is God. Absolutely. If I had some symbols, I would clang them together. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was going to say, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Cue them symbols. Amen. Because this psalm ends with a Selah. Yes. <laughs> it's... You know, it's 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 so mind blowing. What we cannot comprehend the depths that God will go to to protect His people. That's right. We cannot begin to understand why He loves us. Yes. You know because. The Bible says that we love him only because he first loved us. Yes. There is nothing lovely in us. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you think that there is something lovely in yourself on your own accord, read the Bible. Yes. Because it tells us that there is none good, no, not one. That's right. We are only able to experience that peace and that contentment and that joy as we trust in the one who's got this. Amen. As we trust in the one who is our refuge, who is our fortress, who is our mighty God. We thank you for the time that you've spent with us here today. If you would, allow me to pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word that we've shared today. God, we thank you for the, the comfort and peace that we can have and the realization that you are God. In all our searching, in all our seeking, let us understand that the only true peace that we can ever experience is gifted us through your son, Jesus Christ, and knowing him as our savior. In a world of chaos, you are known as creator. You make all things right. And the Bible tells us that all things work together for the good of them that are called according to your purpose. We lay hold to that promise today we pray that you would continue in health, happiness, and holiness. God bless you each and every one. We hope you join us for the next episode. God bless. Amen.